This is Ken Brittingham, and today I'm talking with Marta Essinger Critchlow. Uh, she is making a documentary called Little Sally Walker. Um, we were connected through a mutual friend who thought that I would find Marta's project interesting, and she was right. Uh, so, Marta, can you give us some um, idea about your background and, and what brought you to uh, doing a documentary? Great. Thank you, Kim, by the way, for having me on today. This is exciting. Uh, well, Thank you. Uh, I've, I've spent several years uh, studying the lives of black women, and uh, so this is a natural <laughs> part of my my work, my artistic work, my research. And so, um, you know, this is one of the reasons I wanted to do the project. It's been um, waiting in the wings for a while, uh, and so, y- yes, and and I lived with little Sally Walker as a child. The, the, the hand game, it's the classic hand game, um, it has different versions, but I lived with it as a child, and uh, it inspired me in some way to uh, to do this project. But uh, I've always been fascinated um, by the lives of, of black women, and so I wanted to travel around the country and collect their stories. Uh, uh, we're traveling to five different regions of the United States to collect stories, and so I don't assume that all black women around the country uh, in every generation have played the same way, and so I thought it would be interesting to get different generations um, who've grown up in different spaces sharing their stories, and it's really a celebration of their uh, childhood experiences, but other things unfold as we go along in this process. Um, okay, so you're focusing on African American women and how they played as girls. Exactly. And so yes. when you say the hand game, are we talking about um you know, like patty cake type of hand game? Yes, or Miss okay. Mary Mac. Uh yes. they're very universal. I mean okay. uh, you know, if 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 you've grown up in the US, uh you've played some version of it at possibly at some point in time, but when right. I've interviewed women from the Caribbean, they have other versions, not necessarily Little Sally Walker, but they have other things that they play. And so, right. yes, the, the the hand game, it's using the imagination ultimately. Mm-hmm. And so what inspired you to explore this subject? Well, I have a seven-year-old. <laughs> okay. I live, I live with a seven-year-old, and... Uh, I, I, my daughter is my muse, so I watched her. I've watched her, you know, as this mother of an, uh, my my first child. I've watched her play, and I'm just I've been fascinated over the years uh, by the ways in which she plays and uses her imagination alone or with others. And so I decided, well, why don't I explore that? And then she also caused me to think about. Um, other women in my life. Uh, and so much of my work about black women is really about their labor and their work. Uh, and I wanted to think about an, the other part of their lives because work is not the only thing that we do. And so right. um, I was inspired to think about, well, 
when when they were children and these women were children, particularly the women in my community and my, my family, when they were children, what did they do? And then the questions began to, to surface. And I would ask them periodically, what did you do? How did you play? And, and then it, it began to develop uh, mm-hmm. um, over time. So I decided, you know, why not? Why not do a film that celebrates uh how how black women over the generations have used their imaginations whether they were um grew up in elite or middle class or poor neighborhoods it doesn't matter um but but how did they play and you don't necessarily need a toy to play that's what i've discovered uh and so right. yeah that that's part of this journey realizing that everyone plays in a different way and and i know my my daughter's not thinking about well what brings me pleasure that's not the question she's asking she's doing that and to watch her do that is fascinating and these characters she creates um one thing one thing i noticed with her is that you know the other day before um uh, I'm traveling right now, but before I left home, she wanted, it, I think it was storming in New York, and she wanted to play dress up. Uh, mm-hmm. And she has all of these little things that she saved over the years. And she's seven, so the costume, I think, or the dress is probably from when she was maybe three or four. Mm-hmm. And she didn't care. wasn't about, does it fit? <laughs> How does it look? Right. Just about. I am. Go- I want to play. I want to dress up. I want to put on Mitch Mac shoes or all of that. And I think that that is so exciting that she's not self conscious about. Well, does this work or does that work? And I think that's the wonderful thing about play. At some point, when we become adults, I don't know when it goes off, but at some point, we become self conscious about uh, about play and what we do and. And I think for her and and many of her friends, it's just about going all in. And I think that's exciting for me. Right. I, I wonder, when you first opened this topic up to the women in your family, what were some of the things that they shared with you about how they played? Well, my mother, um, I am the granddaughter, daughter, I always say this with great pride, of migrants. So I grew up in Washington, D.C., and um mm-hmm. uh, my mother's side of the family came from a small Virginia town. And mm-hmm. so, you know, while she spent much of her life in D.C., in this city, she spent much of her life in kind of a country, small town. And so I remember uh, with with great joy, and her voice changed. Something happens when women talk about play. You know, mm-hmm. her voices change. And she talked about how she made mud pies as a child. Uh, mm-hmm. and they would spend time, you know, they would get in trouble as well. Um, so she talked about that, but they would make, they would spend time making mud pies. Uh, there was not a lot of money for toys, so they used, um, what was around them. And imagine that. You get the dirt, you get the water, you use the sun, <laughs> right. and you create this amazing world for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, out of the out of the resources that you have, and I noticed that about many of these women, and it depends on where you grow up, uh, you know what kind of resources you're going to use, um, and so that was fascinating to me. But it was interesting to hear my mother go back, and uh, she's not included. <laughs> it's interesting when you <laughs> interview individuals in your private personal life, and then interviewing individuals that don't know you. 
So uh, she's not included, but uh, we've interviewed at this point probably about 30-plus women around the country. Wow. So where are some places that you travel to talk to different women? Oh, goodness. So uh, we've certainly uh, been doing interviews in New York City. I usually travel, take along with me my DP, my director of photography, this brilliant uh, filmmaker, Brittany Fennell. And we've been traveling to, we started out in Selma, Alabama, uh, and uh, went to Marion, Alabama, which is nearby. And then after that, we went to Los Angeles. We spent time there. Uh, And then we went to Seattle, Tacoma, Washington. And so those are the cities that we've um, uh, visited thus far. Uh, and we need to make our way to the Midwest at some point, hopefully in the fall. Mm-hmm. But those are the the cities we've covered uh, so far. And women have been so generous, Kim. It's been amazing. And so on the one hand, yes, it's about capturing their stories. But I think that Brittany and I have been humbled by the humanity and the kindness of these women. You know, I mm-hmm. reach out to them. I spend weeks and sometimes months uh, identifying women that uh, I'd like us to interview, I'd like us to film. And then uh, say, they say yes, most say yes, but then I have to, I can't interview everyone. So we usually spend about five days in a city, and sometimes it's in their homes or in, um, you know, maybe a cafe or a church or uh, just, it's, you know, when childhood friends get together, it's maybe on the playground. And so people have been so generous with their time, and they've been so open about their lives. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that that play brings up um, not only wonderful memories, but it also brings up painful uh, memories. And so uh, I would be remiss if I did not uh, capture and uh, include that in in the story so that I'm telling – through film. And so, uh, yeah, we everyone has been fascinating, every single person. The oldest mm-hmm. woman is 96 so far. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, the oldest person is 96. And the youngest woman is probably uh, 19, and then we've uh, been capturing footage of, of girls and um, teens mm-hmm. as well. But, uh, yeah, that's our group. <laughs> We're not so, uh, boy, a part of me wishes I could tag along with you and just hear their stories firsthand. Um, I wonder what were some of the common themes that emerged as as you spoke with these women? And you were saying that their play varied um, based on where they lived and I'm sure, you know, in, in what years they grew up. But were there some common themes that seemed to stick generation to generation? I. Uh, yeah, I replay? think, you know, I think that we've noticed, um, and I talk about this, there are other things that, you know, are continuing to develop as we look at the, the footage, but um, I think, too, that I probably um, would share at this point are, uh, it's like freedom and refuge. Uh, mm-hmm. I think freedom, I think that play can offer refuge. Uh, to women um, or to girls, and uh, and I I I hope that um, you know some of their stories, some of these stories um, about refuge will will certainly make it to the final cut. 
Um, but mm-hmm. but that is a is, that is a theme. So when you think about someone's entire, you know, kind of life as a child, uh, you know, sometimes escape is important, and right. and play can offer that. I hope that mm-hmm. makes sense. So without giving yeah. too much, <laughs> giving right details, yeah. Um, I wonder how did you play as a girl? Oh goodness. Well, I'm the youngest of three, and okay. uh, so again, like I grew up in uh, Northeast Washington, like uh, from walking distance from the capital, and so grew up in kind of row houses uh, in Washington, and so I think all of that is important because my sister, my brother, I think had more freedom, so that's another thing. <laughs> Get into mm-hmm. gender, and he's older though. But my yeah. sister and I, and, and I think my brother at, at some point played with us, but then, you know, yeah, he just like, no, not anymore. I'm going. Not cool <laughs> gonna, anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I remember my sister and I played a great deal on the front porch, on the mm-hmm. lower back porch, and on the upper back porch of our home. And so we were kind of uh, confined, if I can use that word, to kind of the – that area, um, mm-hmm. like in front of the porch with friends and kind of to the corner and maybe five houses down or whatever, but we always had to play in that vicinity when we were outside. And mm-hmm. uh, and then the other children would just come. It would just be natural. And so we used the front porch. That became a part right. of our play. I mean, of course, we would do, you know, like hopscotch, things like that, and many women talk about that. Um, but in the I remember that we had an upper back porch and you know I'm kind of aging myself but for some reason we would get these legal pads I think my I know my mother works for the government and then they would have these legal pads and on the back of the legal pads there was this kind of thick cardboard and I remember right. in the summertime my sister and I would just wait to you know until they finished using the legal pad and then we would beg for the cardboard on the back, so we would trace mm-hmm. our feet, so we needed two pieces. We would trace our feet on the hard cardboard, and we would make these flip-flop standals. And <laughs> we would, <laughs> it was like a weird, like how, you know, so you have the base, and then you just have one strip. And so right. we would decorate them with crayons. I'm sure we only had crayons at that point or, you know, maybe a pencil or something. Remember, mm-hmm. this is the 1970s, early 80s. So right, you're getting right. a sense of, okay, what generation I'm coming from. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't have, like, tons of Crayola markers and different fancy pens. And then we would get a staple, and the staple, the stapler would, you know, attach the strip to the base of the flip-flop. And mm-hmm. so we would, that was our dress-up. We would fall a lot in these shoes. And so we would, I think we would start off in the morning, with the sandals, and we would do all of these crazy things with the sandals. We would do handstands, and we would <laughs> model. I know. They were so tired of us. <laughs> but we would just walk around this huge house, you know, yeah. with these fancy shoes on. By the end of the day, I'm sure the strap would break, and then that would be it. But that was mm-hmm. one way I played, I remember vividly, with my sister. So, you know, for me, that is, you know, now that we're older, and I I always have that. I have that. So it wasn't just about the making. 
Mm-hmm. But it was about the whatever adventure we were going to have together while we were wearing the supposed fancy mm-hmm. <laughs> sandals. Yeah, so. you know, I hear you describing this, and I'm thinking how much fun that would be to do, you know, like tomorrow. <laughs> you know, go get my uh, legal pad and trace some, some flip-flops. Exactly, and, um, exactly. You know, so that was my first thought is, oh, I want to do this. But, you know, not every 40-something-year-old woman would react that way. So I'm wondering, um, what do you think makes the difference between, you know, women who grow up and, you know, they discard play completely and women who kind of still have an appreciation for it and, um, you know, do sort of those, like, crafty, creative things that are just pure expression. They're not to accomplish anything. Exactly. What do you think I mean, the difference? I think – I think you know, I don't know. I don't know if I'm in, I'm you know I think it, you know we all need a moment to exhale. Mm-hmm. And you know I give my child credit for giving me the opportunity um to exhale. Uh you know when she uh, wants me to play with her you know she's not thinking about well you have this deadline and you have this work to do. Um, and she plays, she can play for hours. She can create these scenarios with these dolls and stuffed animals for hours, and then I'm supposed to come in and be the backup for whatever that is and just kind of follow along, and then she's directing me. And so mm-hmm. at times I'm like, okay, do I have to do this again? <laughs> but then there are times yeah. when it's just a moment to exhale, to not take ourselves so seriously um mm-hmm. and just to just to remind ourselves of the different ways we need to find pleasure and i think for me that is really important that you know at some point did someone tell us that pleasure was not allowed mm-hmm. uh and so i think it i think it's important for our health <laughs> well-being yeah. i realize that particularly when i'm stressed and you know, um, having the opportunity to color. And I think maybe mm-hmm. that's why coloring books, adult coloring books, have become so popular. Yeah, I, I agree saw with this, you. Yeah, I saw this report about uh, adult coloring books and how it relaxes you. Um, but yeah. as kids, they're not thinking about that. They're not – my my daughter and her friends are, don't analyze it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, so she is giving me opportunities to – um, return to those moments that I guess I took for granted. Like I, the the moments with my sister and my brother and some of these friends that I, you know, I don't know what happened to them. I I I don't know where they are. I don't even know their names, but they're always etched in my memories about my childhood. And so I think that that is important. I think that mm-hmm. yeah, and I think it's important. Um, you know, as a storyteller, um, to make sure that we remember that that is also a part of the legacy of black women. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I hear so many stories about um, the way that black women labor on behalf of others. And Mm -hmm. so for me, I wanted to explore how they find pleasure, not for any reason or rhyme or reason but for themselves the idea that you can find pleasure just for yourself Mm -hmm. is i think incredible and that's that's why i wanted to do this project yeah that's great i wonder um 
in your reading and your research and in talking with people, were there certain games or certain types of play that went back really far? Like I'm thinking about these hand games like Little Sally Walker. How many generations does that go back? Like, and who started it? Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, at this point, I'll just share that I've I've interviewed one uh, brilliant scholar, uh, and and she says that um, it's very difficult to trace the origins of Little Sally Walker. I mean, we know that in some way. Um, I know other cultures play the game, but it was it was called Little Sally. Um, she's called Little Sally Waters. And Little mm-hmm. Sally Walker, uh, yes. And so um, the, the origins are difficult to to pinpoint, uh, and and that's not necessarily my goal um, to pinpoint. Right. Well, where did where in what city or what town? Um, mm-hmm. Because there's so many different versions of it. Um, right. But I do recall that um, you know in, in doing some of the research that it can certainly be traced back to um slave plantations uh mm-hmm. in the south and uh and then Miss Mary Mack I rem- I recall that uh she talks about the origins of that in greater detail but I won't go into that. Um so so yeah, it was definitely called uh Little Sally. She's called Little Sally Waters and Little Sally Walker and I've changed the spelling for the film. It's um mm-hmm. S A L L Y the hand game, but the film is spelled S A L L I E. And that was done on purpose for what reason? Yeah, well, you know what? It's interesting, Kim. I'm also a playwright. Oh. And I realized nearly, I don't know if it was 15 or 16 years ago, I had this play entitled Whispers Want to Holler, and there was a, a character in the play called Little Sally Walker. And that's mm-hmm. how I spelled her name. Mm, I, okay. I know. I'm like, What? You know, I just, I realized this maybe about five months ago. I've been working on this project for over a year. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I didn't realize that that was the name of one of the um, the characters in the play. That's how I spell the name. Right. Um, I don't necessarily rem- know why I spell mm-hmm. it that way, but that's my little mark. But it, you made it your own, which is kind of interesting considering that all these games and things that were passed down probably morphed in different ways because someone decided to just make a little tweak, make it their own. Exactly. Oh, it's mm-hmm. wonderful to hear the women around the country mm-hmm. do the hand games and do the um, the rhymes and the songs that accompanied their games because they're mm-hmm. so different. And then when you hear their voices, oh, it's be- it's really beautiful. So, mm-hmm. and that's them. I'm. I simply consider myself to be a vessel that is trying to capture these voices and mm-hmm. and I'm really attracted to voices and to to differences but there is beauty in their differences um right. when you to put a a voice from Selma Alabama next to the voice of a woman from Tacoma Washington it's it's incredible for me mm-hmm. you know and I hope the audience will will notice that when we finish the film so what do you think children who play can teach us as adults? Oh, goodness. <laughs> what do you think your daughter taught you? Um, 
oh, that imagination is using your imagination is just just such a gift. I mm-hmm. think I think I learned that from her uh, just all the time, and I think it's um, I think it's a saving grace if I can. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't say that for that. That's what everyone experiences, but mm-hmm. I know that uh, just her to, to experience her joy, um, or just to watch her. I've tried to just kind of watch her at times without intruding, because sometimes mm-hmm. you you know sometimes she'll invite you to play, and other times no, you're not mm-hmm. you're not invited <laughs> to play, but. Um, just just the wonder of of her childhood i think is is so beautiful and mm-hmm. um but i also realize that all of the women that i've interviewed have don't did not necessarily have that right and so I, without saying much about that i mm-hmm. i just know that i know that from our travels that mm-hmm. everyone has not had that and so you know, when Brittany and I travel together, we just we kind of um, talk a great deal afterwards about what we've experienced on, you know, as storytellers, um, but on an emotional level. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's not about us, but you can't be in, um, spend a day with a woman and not be moved by her story. And so then I come back um, to New York and, and I spend time with our brilliant editor princess um she's this um black female editor which is mm-hmm. unfortunately that's rarity in some ways but um but i spend time with her talking about my vision and we've been working on the rough cut and just to yeah just to work with her has been so amazing because it 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 just lets you know you breathe for a moment once you return from these trips but then when you realize oh yeah she said that oh oh that's a moment that's an aha moment <laughs> she mm-hmm. said that so yeah. it's 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 wonderful and you know on the one hand as a researcher you know and you you write something for the page that's one thing and it has a life but as a filmmaker when you when you have that footage and you can go back to those voices that has another life and and I'm sure you know those who've um, worked in film understand what I'm talking about. That mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's one thing when you have something on the page and it's there, it stays there. Right. But um, then when it when you got the voices and the faces and the bodies, that's another thing, and that's just become really important to me to to capture that in this project. Yeah, I, I think it's it's really stuck with me what you said about um, the two themes. Uh, the two most common theme, themes seem to be freedom and refuge, and I'm I'm really stuck on that freedom in my head because I'm realizing how profound it is. The imagination, you know, I, I've sometimes thought to myself, you know, what what would happen if I was sent to prison for some reason? Would I survive that? You know, and mm-hmm. I think sometimes. I my imagination would save me because you could put me in solitary mm-hmm. confinement, but in my imagination, I can go anywhere, do anything. So yeah, it is it is limitless freedom for sure. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful way to put it. That mm-hmm. This limitless 
freedom and then to to be able to kind of act that out act that out. Yeah. <laughs> like whether you have a costume or not. It's a, yeah. It's great. It's a gift. It's a gift. So mm-hmm. I think we all need to to do that. Yeah. That's the part we we sort of give up when we get older is that they playing through it, you know, with our bodies and with clothing and boxes and <laughs> Yeah, and I'm curious, you know, this is not, this is not a part of what I'm doing, but I'm curious at what point do we does some trigger say no? You can't do that anymore. Right. <laughs> no, you can't do that anymore. And um one of the women in uh the Pacific Northwest talked about that. Uh, you know, again, what moment do, do we decide or do others decide for us that play should not be central to um, who we are and just our daily lives? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's, that's just something I'm curious about these days. You know, I, I wonder if when your daughter is playing – um, does she ever, like when she comes up with these characters and she puts her dolls into different situations, has she ever done anything that sort of surprised you or amused you? Um, you know, cause <laughs> I can remember, you know, putting dolls and in, in, in different situations and having them converse like grownups. And it must've sounded really funny to yes. anyone who's listening outside the door, you know? Yes. I I understand. I'm sure I did it, but she does it. It can get intense in there. And, you know, I don't inter. Usually I just kind of stay in the background <laughs> and I'll let her be. Um, yeah. But, yes, play can, play can be hard. Play can be aggressive and it can, and it, it can be repetitive, but that's mm-hmm. fine. Like, okay, wait, didn't you just tell this story a moment ago? <laughs> but yeah. But it's not my play <laughs> when she's doing that. Right. But, yeah, I've noticed. I've noticed. And then it's just like, and then there's laughter. And, and of course, you know, uh, um, she's an only child. So when mm-hmm. you're not, when these days you have play dates. Let me just say, Kim, when I was a kid, I never heard of that word. I don't know oh, yeah. if it's it's regional or if it's generational or something, you know, now you have to organize play dates, all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, no, I'm from, yeah, we would just, my mother would say, go play, go, go play. (laughs) And I find myself, I am becoming my mother, go play. (laughs) And I don't have, I don't, I don't think I have to say it very often. I think that, you know, it's just part of what she does or kind of makeup and, um, and then she'll be doing it for, like, don't you need a break? <laughs> like, see, here's the adult in me. I'm thinking to myself, right. doesn't she need a break? Doesn't she, right. you know, does she want a snack? Something. You know? That's funny, yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, that, and that's the beauty of it. Right. That unlike adults, she's not thinking about time. Mm-hmm. She's not thinking about um, making, you know, if she's made a mess. Right. And... Or all of these other things that we think about as, you know, adults. Right. So. So let me ask you, what is the status now of the documentary Little Sally Walker? Where is it? Oh. And 
um, if, if someone is interested in it, you know, how can they help you get it out there, get it distributed? How can they see it? Thank All those you for questions. Your question. Those are those are amazing <laughs> questions. Let me try to answer it. So we're still in production. We're still in production. We have some more filming to do, and um, you know, and and I'm still collecting um, archival materials. Um, mm-hmm. I won't go into detail about that, but maybe we can talk again once it's finished, and you know, mm-hmm. you'll ask. Yeah, you can ask questions about that, but. Um, so, yeah, we're still in production. Uh, we've traveled to all of the cities or all of the regions except the Midwest, and mm-hmm. we're hoping to do that in the fall. Uh, okay. So, so th- that's where we are. Um, throughout our travels, you know, we can't wait until the end to think about editing. So uh, every time we come back from a trip, our my editor, Princess, is, is working with the footage and we're, you know, constantly communicating with one another. And so um, some of your listeners may um, know, you know, what a rough cut is, but it's really, you know, the early drafts of um, of the film. And so we're we're working with some of the themes. We're working with the footage, and, uh, and that's what we're doing right now. So, yes, while we're in production, we're working on the rough cuts. Uh, so that's that's where we are right now. Okay. Uh you know, we're we're still in need of um of financial support and mm-hmm. uh we need individuals to help us continue uh to get the word out. Uh and so, you know, we're still um accepting donations. Are you still there? I just want to make yes, sure. Yes, I, I don't know okay. why that noise is happening. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um so I'm we're we're iPhone. still I'm still accepting No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, we're still accepting donations. Um, we have a website. It's www.littlesallywalker.com, and Sally is spelled S-A-L-L-I-E. Um, so it's littlesallywalker.com, and uh, uh, individuals, if they're really interested in uh, lending their financial support um, to the project, they can certainly... Uh, contact me that way. Um, individuals have certainly done that. Uh, and so we've benefited from um, a c- couple of grants and uh, a few um, in investors, and I did an Indiegogo campaign. But mm-hmm. as you may know, uh, it's a lot. It's, it takes a lot to yeah. to do this, but, but we're, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. And so um, additional financial support would help us to finish, you know, of course, to move forward with editing, uh, like color grading and uh, correction, and and just to continue editing um, to to get the archival photos and footage. Um, you know, uh, all of the archival photos and footage they're not free, and so right. um, that's important. Um, we, as I said before, we still, Brittany and I still need to travel to the Midwest. Mm-hmm. So we, we need additional support for that. Uh, uh, I am thinking about the score and the music, of course, for the film. And so, mm-hmm. um, support is needed for that. And, and something that's really important is outreach and dis- distribution. And so on right. the one hand, your, this opportunity to speak to you is great. Uh, but uh, there are other ways that we need to get the word out, and when the mm-hmm. film is finished, 
Uh, you know, we certainly want it to be included in. I want it to be included in film festivals, and uh, to to work on having it distributed in different ways. And so, uh, yeah, those are the ways that people can uh, lend their financial support, uh, mm-hmm. and they they can lend their financial and or you know, just helping us to get the word out, uh, you know, through social media and through other avenues. So that's something we really need. Um, if if I may, I'd like to go back to the outreach part of it. Um, sure. You, you know, this, this, this project is a labor of love, but we don't want it to just kind of stay within our small community. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we hopefully want to... Um, return to the communities where we film to to do screenings uh, uh, and and to see the women again to to present them to communities and so we would really love to um, outreach with organizations or groups who are really committed to issues the issues and needs of of women and girls, particularly mm-hmm. African American women and girls. Uh, and so if individuals want to outreach with us that way, it um, they can help us promote the film through their, um, through their membership or through their group and community, but we can also um, promote their interest as well. And so mm-hmm. that's what I talk about when we want to do outreach with right. partners. And so we're continuing to look for outreach outreach partners for Little Sally Walker as well. So. Okay, so the website is littlesallywalker.com, and that's Sally, S-A-L-L-I-E. And if they go there, is there a way to sign up for updates um, like to get the information by email? Uh, yes, so we're, okay. we're that's something that's in development. Uh, we have, though, a Facebook page and Twitter and Instagram. So we've oh. been sending notices, uh, I've been sending notices, and Brittany as well, um, about our filming, our experiences filming uh, through the social media platforms. That's mm-hmm. where oh, that's, we... That's great. Yeah, that's so Little Sally Walker, there's a website, there's a Facebook page for Little Sally Walker, and Instagram account, <laughs> Twitter, yeah. we're on all three of those. And so if individuals type in Little Sally, the way we've been spelling it, Walker, um, mm-hmm. you can like our page. And uh, so Brittany and I were filming in New York uh, uh, um, recently, and so we put updates on there about that when we returned to uh, from Seattle and Tacoma, we put updates on there. So, yes, we use social media really to do the updates. But if individuals want to, and they can reach out to me that way as well, um, mm-hmm. but sometimes the website is better to reach out to me and then, you know, we can communicate um, more per- on a more personal level or private level uh, yeah. if, if someone wants to, to donate um, to, to the project, which would be amazing. And I will thank people, individuals in advance now <laughs> for any <laughs> financial support they're willing to offer. All right. So littlesallywalker.com, and it sounds like, um, you might get a little glimpse of the process if you um, follow the film, the documentary on social media. Um, yes, and with- on our website we have the early clip from the film, and okay. so that includes uh, the website includes um, 
a clip, our first clip from the film. It doesn't include certainly all of the women. Uh, it's it's just maybe about two minutes, and I think that that will be helpful. Um, okay. It's really the some of the women we filmed in L.A. and Alabama. And um, mm-hmm. if they go to about the film, you'll see the video. So thank you. That that's important. The website I think is really helpful in giving people an understanding of, um, you know, the project, but also uh, about me and Brittany and uh, and Princess because at this point it's the three of us really working vigorously on 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 this project. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, Marta Effinger Critchlow. Um, and you, I Sam. hope everyone will go to littlesallywalker.com today and find out more and, and hopefully give you a little financial boost to get things done and, yes. uh, you know, get uh, get it out there. Exactly. And if people want to partner with us, if, if they yeah. want to lend their support in that way, they're also encouraged to to, to do that. So. That that's right. great. I really appreciate any support in advance. All right. Well, thanks for talking with me today. Thank you. This uh, was great. I enjoyed everything. speaking with you. Thank you. Me too. All okay. right. Good luck, and I'll definitely be following your progress. All right. Thanks so much, Kim. All right. You take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. For more information about this podcast, please visit ifreakinlovehistory.com. <laughs>